We are back on Commodore Hours. Great to have you with us on a nice Monday evening here in Nashville. Joined by Vanderbilt head baseball coach Tim Corbin. The Commodores won two out of three against Florida over the weekend. Friday and Saturday victories came up a run short yesterday. Uh, Tim, we had it on, on the show last week. You talked about the need to play and win close games. How much can this weekend help this group? Well, I think a lot. Uh, you, you can actually go back to Tuesday on that because that was a three-run game. Uh-huh. We played a couple of one-run games, a two-run game, and a three-run game during the course of the week, and certainly against a, a really good team. And having to do that coming back from deficits during the first couple of games, too, and even yesterday uh, coming back from a deficit there at least to tie it up. So, yeah, there, there's a different – there's a different concentration when you're playing games like that uh, at the end for Schultze. You know, he comes in and mm-hmm. has to nail down a, a, a win. So I, I think it's going to help us in a lot of different ways because I, I thought we played well when we needed to. What about Jack Bolger? Continues to swing the bat, not just hitting, but hitting in big spots. Game-winning hit on Friday, and then the tying home run yesterday. What have you liked about his approach in this stretch? Oh, using the middle of the field, using both sides of the field. I know the home run was pulled, but going back to Tuesday's game against Western Kentucky, I, I thought he was getting to the middle of the ball. Uh, I thought that was pretty prominent. Uh, he was frustrated uh, earlier, uh, even before Auburn, just because he was misfiring a little bit. And this is a kid that really, he's got good hand-eye coordination. Doesn't strike out a whole lot. He's a strong kid and can drive the baseball, but he doesn't, he's got few strikeouts, more walks. So I, I think just getting to the middle of the ball and driving in some, some uh, key runners in, in some key situations. You know, since we're talking about Jack Bolger, I feel like this is a good ta- a chance to talk about his walk off back on Friday. Uh, You and I had an interesting conversation about that situation Mm -hmm. in general, a bases loaded situation, uh, a tie ball game right there. I think you said the term no secondary lead offense Mm -hmm. when we were talking about that. Can you walk us through that moment as a coach and how you're trying to play it? There's a lot of different opportunities to score and win that baseball game at that moment in time, but you're also trying to guard about the office the opposite of what could go wrong what's the coach's mind throughout that inning coach's mind goes back to 15 years ago when you started installing that mindset because of what happened to you it was an experience but I think in that situation bases are loaded there's no outs and the only run that matters is guy at third base but what you don't want to happen is uh, a hitter who gets off a good swing like Bulger and that ball that he hit being caught and because it's caught and you start to get overly aggressive at the other bases that don't need be, then you're doubled off and that inning crashes. And I said 15 years ago, that play happened. And when that play happened, I said to myself, that's never going to happen again because what we're going to do is uh, if we have a bases loaded situation and there's no outs, no one on base is going to get a secondary lead. They're going to have to see the ball go through the infield first before they move. So that that's kind of where we were right then. And uh, Dominic was at second base. He didn't move. The ball was hit. Then he moved to third base. But it, it, it didn't matter. The the What mattered was just scoring that run and winning that game. Which game was it? Like it actually happened. That situation, a ninth inning opportunity or something like that, it, it actually happened in a game 15 years ago? Clemson. Uh, yeah, Clemson, bases loaded, no outs, line drive, double play. We ended up not scoring. Next guy either struck out or flew out. I forget, but I remember that line drive. <laughs> and the ball was crushed, and it was going up the middle. Second baseman dives, catches it, steps on the bag, and it's just because you get a little bit anxious on the bases, you, and you just have to remind the guys that in that situation right there, it's it's just – it's making sure the ball is through. We are not going to get burnt on a double play or on a line drive, and, and we just can't get beaten on that. And uh, Guys made a, a smart base running move that way. I'm fascinated by it because, again, it's Jack Bolger, right? He's a 12, I think, strikeout throughout the course of the season guy at yeah. that moment in time, which means he's putting the ball in place, so the chance of getting double offed actually goes up in that particular situation. Uh, we're talking about the... Uh, walk-off win for Vanderbilt, 5-4, to four, back on Friday against the Florida Gators. The last question that I have for you mm-hmm. about that frame actually backs up to after Enrique Bradfield Jr. gets on. Uh, it's a 4-4 game, but you elect or he elects to steal. Mm-hmm. You, could also le- uh, you could also lose your go-ahead 
and game-winning runner down at second base if he gets thrown out. I respect to use Enrique Bradfield yeah. Jr., but it's still a possibility. Uh, is that a green light to Enrique? Did you put this sign on? What's the mechanics of that moment trying to win a ball game but also protecting the runner at first base with Dom Keegan up? If that's Vaz, you can lay down a bunt. If it's somebody else, you can lay down a bunt try to get him to second. But it's Dom. It's hard to ask a 420 hitter to sacrifice. So what's the mechanics within all of that? Well, it's a green light situation, number one, and the guy you're going to talk to here in a little bit is talking to him throughout the, the situation because the guy on the mound was pretty quick to the plate. Uh, so you're, you're kind of taking your chances a little bit, but you're going to roll the dice more with a guy like Enrique because he's, he's pretty good at getting to second base and, and pretty good at getting jumps because he can outrun the baseball. But we just felt like there was more situations there where if you get to second base, obviously, then they have to do more. And when Dom put the ball in play, that ball that he puts in play is a double play. Now it becomes a ball that's hit between the second base or shortstop third baseman. They both converge in the ball. Enrique moves up, and now you got first and third, and now you've got a totally different situation. And I felt I know they walked Spencer, but I felt like Spence was going to put the ball in play, and we potentially going to win that game. Coach Tim Corbin is our guest. Uh, I guess going forward to Saturday, Enrique had that big three-run triple to the gap in right center. Have you had very many guys where when they hit one to that place in the field or hit one in the corner, you said, this this guy's going to be standing next to me here in just a few seconds like he was? Uh, I think that's the most (laughs) exciting play in baseball right there. Mm -hmm. I I think the ones that – the the plays, at least for me, that I enjoy are the triples, the balls hit in the gap, and the balls hit up in the air where the bases loaded where three guys tag up. I, I just I just like that. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it's good to see Enrique get the ball in the gap because you, you knew that three runs were going to score and uh, getting him to third base, too, was still important inside that game because we, we needed to uh, just increase that margin as much as possible, knowing what kind of hitters Florida had. How big was this team's ability to retake the lead, though, after the Florida home run, the big hit spot by Colwick and Keegan after that? Really big. We just hadn't done it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, it's like you get punched early in the game. Then you, you make this surge and you clear the bases. So it's very emotional. And then um, you put in a guy that is very good, hasn't pitched in a while, uh, very trustworthy. And they let Ryapel go on 3-0. But, you know, he was really cooking that particular <laughs> night. Yeah. And uh, he swung and he swung through the ball and tied the game up. But I just felt like that was one of those situations where, okay, let's just get off the field. And once we got off the field, we felt like we had an opportunity to win the game again. Even though it didn't probably go like Nick wanted it to, how big was it to get Maldonado back out there? Good, uh, especially the way he was moving. And you look at the numbers behind him, too. I mean, the velocity numbers were back up. They were actually up more than they have been all year for him. So, I, I, you know, I... I'm, I'm no doctor, but even at the beginning of the year, I didn't think he was moving in the same way that I yeah. remember him moving at the end of last year. Uh, the thing about Nick is uh, he's like Vinatieri, the field goal kicker. He, he, he might miss one, but he's going to come back and he's going to get his share too. And I think when you're in situations like him and you're, you're a, a successful relief pitcher, you know that at certain times you're going to get beaten, but uh, typically that, that doesn't go anywhere because they come back and are just as strong. Talking about Vanderbilt's series win over Florida with Coach Tim Corbin. We'll have more from the Commodore Grill on Commodore Hour coming up next on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from the airfield. The SEC taught us that there's nothing like game day at Vandy. And if you're all about the black and gold, there's nothing like having the Vanderbilt University Visa check card from Regions in your wallet. As the official bank of the SEC, Regions is here to help you pull for your team with everything you've got. To order your card, visit regions.com slash anchor down. Regions, member FDIC. Terms, conditions, and fees may apply. Hey, Commodore fans, Game Day Vodka is the first ever official vodka of Vanderbilt Athletics. Raise your cocktail game and show your team spirit this season. Score a black and gold bottle of this award-winning vodka by visiting gamedayvodka.com. That's gamedayvodka.com. Your town, your team. Official vodka of Vanderbilt Athletics. This game is 21 and up. Please enjoy responsibly.
Winning this award is truly like winning the Super Bowl of car dealer awards for Mercedes-Benz. Edwin Vickery, General Manager of Mercedes-Benz of Music City. Culture, eat strategy for lunch. You have to hit on all cylinders to win this award. You can strategize all you want. you got to still have the right tools, and our tools are our, our people. Live the dream with three-time Mercedes-Benz Best of the Best Award winner, Mercedes-Benz of Music City. Go to mbofmc.com. Commodore Hour continues in 60 seconds right here on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. Hey, Commodore fans, be sure to shop the latest gear, gifts, and more at the Vanderbilt Bookstore. With brands like Nike, Johnny O, and Peter Millar, you're sure to find everything you and your squad needs to complete their game day look and tailgate experience. On game day, shop the fan store located on the stadium concourse. Be sure to check out the Vanderbilt University Bookstore located at 2501 West End Avenue, open seven days a week, or shop 24-7 online at VanderbiltBookstore.com with the option for free in-store pickup. That's VanderbiltBookstore.com. Go Doors! It's a new season. Get ready for more men's and women's college sports excellence. Trophies will be awarded in June to schools who take the top spot in the 2021-22 Learfield Directors' Cup. The premier award recognizes one winning institution in all competitive divisions. Follow your favorite team's progress as seasonal standings are announced at L Directors Cup on Twitter and online at directorscup.org. The crowning achievement in college athletics. Welcome back inside the Commodore Grill here inside the Holiday Inn Vanderbilt right on West End. Andrew Allegra here alongside Kevin Ingram and, of course, the head coach of Vanderbilt Baseball, Mr. Tim Corpin. A couple of baseball questions I want to get to in a second, uh, but two side topics I want to touch on. First off, um, I suppose you opened the door with the Adam Vinatieri conversation that you just (laughs) mentioned a second ago, but, of course, Bill Belichick stopped by uh, twice on Friday uh, for batting practice, and then he watched the game on Saturday. I guess for his birthday. I guess he spent his birthday with the Fanny Boys, uh, which is nice. But how did that come together? Uh, What at least mild relationship have you developed with Coach Belichick over the years? Uh, Just that, really, just uh, with him and Brad Stevens, the former basketball coach of the Celtics, now the GM. I uh, coach I've just you know known because of football more than anything, and then gone up to training camp several times and and spent a lot of time with him and. He, he's the type of guy that, you know, he's a, a teacher's coach. I really enjoy him because he's very curious, uh, even sitting there and sitting next to Maggie and his, his wife, Linda. You know, he, he's, you know, Maggie said, just ask questions the whole time. But that's how that's the type of guy he is. He's just a coach's coach and makes sense since he's the son of. Um, but uh, who coached at Vanderbilt, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I just really enjoy him. I, I really enjoy him for a lot of different reasons. And uh, it was – I'll go back out to training camp this summer. May end up going to Las Vegas uh, when they play the Raiders in, in training camp and have tr- uni- uh, training camp with the Raiders since Josh McDaniel's out there now, who I got to meet at training camp as well. So uh, just have a, a, a nice relationship with him. Do you speak when you go to training camp? Do you speak with the guys? And if so, what does Coach Belichick ask you to speak about with professional football players? He hasn't yet. We've talked about it, but I I guess it would probably have. uh, I think if Coach ever asked me to to talk, it would have more to do with the relationship of connections and intrapersonal uh, relationships within a team and just the team environment and building the team environment since it's something that we're both uh, very interested in. But I I just remember last year after training camp was over, I just sit down in his office and we just talked about Cam Newton's mechanics and how they compared to what did it look like. And we talked about shoulder angles and hip angles and arm strokes and so on. So his mind is just moving all the time in terms of being able to improve. But the other thing is just being out on the field with him. It's just, Tim, Tim, you need to look at this drill right here. You're going to like this. You're going to like this right here. So he, he knows what I like to look at as well. Uh, the second topic I wanted to bring up is the New York Times did a very, very nice article on Bro Coleman yeah. uh, and his work with the Nashville Stars. I don't necessarily want to go through every single part of that bit by bit, but of course, uh, Roe is someone that has dedicated himself to making communities 
better. Uh, he was a great person here at Vanderbilt, and obviously uh, that article at the New York Times outlined the work that he's doing right here in Nashville. Just your perspective on having Roe Coleman uh, during his time at Vanderbilt, and as you've been able to get to know him better in the work in the community he's done since he graduated from Vanderbilt. Roe has always been an old soul. I mean, when he came here, he came from Simeon High School in, in, uh, in, in Chicago, the south side of Chicago. Uh, in really meeting Roe, we got very close with Roe Sr. And we lost Roe Sr. almost a year and a half ago. But Roe Sr. became very close with Maggie and I. But the reason I I mentioned Roe Sr. is because Roe's drive comes through his dad. His dad was uh, a volunteer coach and worked with a lot of inner city kids and worked with summer teams. And Roe left professional baseball because his passion was kids. His passion was just trying to find kids like himself where he could put them in a better position than a lot of kids. And he's, he's doing it through baseball, but uh, Roe is all about development. I, I think the thing that may have helped inspire Roe just as much as his dad and kids in general is, is probably his experience here because I really felt like he loved the classroom environment inside of our program. And he, I, can, I can see that that's a part of him that he wants to recreate for, for kids, uh, youth kids. But he, he's, he's all about giving kids uh, just better chances. And uniquely, Xavier Turner, who was with us, works with Roe. Mm-hmm. And the growth that I see in Xavier, too, as a teacher and a coach, I mean, Maggie and I have, we, we go watch their teams play. But we go watch their teams play not just to watch the kids, but we watch Roe and Xavier. And it's just fun to watch the interactions and their teaching abilities. So uh, I'm, I'm glad they're both doing that in, inside the environment here in Nashville. I always felt like Roe was going to stay here. Uh, Roe Sr., we were always going to try to get him out of Chicago to come here. But um, Roe Jr., I just knew that he'd never go back. He knew that this this was going to end up being home for him, and he was going to make sure it was home for a lot of kids like him. And just to bring it full circle back to the 2022 squad, mm-hmm. uh, Roe Coleman is also part of the reason that Jabari Brown is here. Those two have been close through their days through Chicago. As I understand it, part of the connection and introduction between Jabari and you was through somebody like Ro Coleman. So he's helping the community, but he's also helped somebody else that's a very talented young coach uh, kind of get his start and get his foot in the ground too in Jabari. That's correct. Uh, Ro had Jabari meet me at an American Baseball Coaches Association convention, and after it was over and 5,000 people cleared the room, Jabari waited, and he waited for Maggie and I and introduced himself and uh, he's from Claflin College in Orangeburg, South Carolina, which I'm very familiar with. Claflin College had tremendous women's basketball programs, but um, being a Presbyterian coach, uh, I I knew Claflin, and uh, I knew a little bit about Jabari, too, and I think it was at that moment when Jabari introduced himself, Maggie and I said, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it, and Roe always said, that's your first guy right there. It's Jabari Brown, and Jabari's relationship with Roe was certainly uh, part of, of or, and a lot of what we're doing right now with that program and, and with that position. As long as they're on former players becoming coaches, you know, I watch a lot of games and, and I saw David Macias coaching first base for San Diego the other night. How cool is that to see him in that role in the big leagues? It, it's nice because I, you know, Mass, Mass is a teacher too. Uh, and I, I felt like whether Mass stays in college ball or pro ball, it doesn't matter to him. You know, the fact that he's a first base coach in San Diego just happens to be Ryan Flaherty's coaching with him yeah. too, and Ryan was with us as well. So there is a, a strong Vanderbilt component in there. But yeah, it's good. I'm just glad he's he's happy and, and doing the things he wants to do. But his personality is so unique that David can blend into any environment. But the the cool thing about David is he doesn't even realize it's professional baseball. You know, he doesn't care about professional baseball. He just wants to to teach at the highest level that he can, whether it's Vanderbilt or uh, the Padres. And, you know, when we moved him to East Carolina, it was because he he moved into a full-time position with Cliff Godwin, who coached here. And, but... I think once uh, once San Diego became open and he had opportunity to work with Ryan again, I, I think that uh, kind of was the pulling power. 
Visiting with Coach Tim Corbin, uh, I guess back to the series over the weekend. You mentioned Thomas Schultz earlier. Has he found a good spot in his bullpen role with a, a win and a save against Florida? I think he has. I mean, I just think it's driven his confidence more than anything, Kevin. I mean, he's gotten on the mound. He's moving better. The ball's moving better. Uh, there's more intent to it. And, you know, we're starting to see a kid that we saw at Southern California in the COVID year in 20, our last game before we were shaken up against Texas Christian. And he came in and just blew the doors off with a 94-mile-an-hour fastball with heavy movement. And I just think that this position got him back to that moment. The slot dropped a little bit, Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of twist to that slider. It's moving away from the righty, and it's tough on lefties too. So his numbers are pretty good against left-handed hitters. So he just kind of fits that mold right now. But Thomas is a tremendous athlete. He was a heck of a basketball player too in high school. He scored a lot of points. So uh, it, it fits him well, and it fits our team. Defense been more solid, only one error in four games last week, and in a game with some great plays last Tuesday. That, that catch Enrique made was one of the best ones I've ever seen at that ballpark. Yeah, it, I mean, you, it, that outfield defense that night saved us oh, yeah. five runs. <laughs> for, it, it saved some for both teams, really. Oh, you go right around. Vaz made some good plays, and mm-hmm. Enrique climbed the wall. Spencer Jones made a diving catch, then made a catch over his head with the bases loaded. That mm-hmm. – that, that causes uh, some issues there. But I, I think all around, you mentioned the outfield defense. That's been good. Bolger and Keegan have done a good job keeping the ball in front of them. Tyler's works works with them. And then the infield defense has improved. That was just a, at the beginning of the year. I just knew that that wasn't us. We weren't, we, weren't, we weren't playing bad defense, but we weren't playing real good defense, safe defense. And those plays the other day that Carter were making coming up the middle and just tre- tremendous defensive plays. Diaz has been good over third base. Colwick's been great at second base. We've got good first base play as well. It, it dropped Enrique down to second in the batting order for a couple games. How much did that help him, you think, to just see things from maybe a different situation and perspective in the batting order? You never want to do anything that's going to screw him up, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be safe, just just keep everything the way it is. But uh, – no, we just thought it would be the best way to maybe advance someone and get them on base, which would allow some uh, to soften the defense so Enrique could do some things. Because when he's at the plate and there's no one on, then you got the third baseman right in his face, so he's going to take away the bunt to that side. First baseman and second baseman are now played up. It's like a little league infield. So you're taking away the bunt game, which it, it, at some point will improve him because I think as he gets better as a hitter, the zone is going to tighten up for him, and he's going to be more on time, and he's going to start wearing out people. Then you're going to have to make the decision as he gets stronger – well, okay, do we want to give him that much room because he's going to drive the ball by us, and he has the ability to do it. As we saw the other night when he hit that triple, I mean, he's got some whip in his bat, but uh, he's going to get stronger as a kid too. Uh, Coach, last question for me. There's been plenty of talk, I suppose, and I don't know if it's uh, overdone from your perspective, mm-hmm. but the Sunday starter position, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's been Pat Riley. It was Bryce Cunningham uh, over the weekend. First off, your thoughts on Bryce's performance uh, I think he certainly gave you guys the opportunity to win that ball game, bare minimum. Uh, but just your perspective on how things are lining up for that spot on Sunday. Well, I thought Bryce, first of all, did good. He did, he did well, I, I think, especially after the third inning. The fourth and fifth and sixth, he was cruising along and kind of found his stride a little bit. Bryce is a strike thrower, so he's always going to give you a chance that way. If you're going to beat him, you're going to have to hit him because he's not going to put people on base. Uh, the breaking ball is... is getting better but the change up is a special pitch and I think if you look at Cunningham and Holton they both have good arms but where I think they have a chance to separate themselves even more as we get down the season is they're younger so they're going they're they're probably going to get a little tired which they have but they'll rebound a little bit especially when school gets out that's always I've always noted that as a time where those guys actually regain themselves a little bit uh, but they both can throw the change up, and because of that, I think they've got an opportunity to get quick innings. So uh, right now, uh, Bryce was there the other day. We'll see what happens going forward. But, uh, you know, I don't mean to be that coach speak guy, but we've we got to get through Friday first, and then yes. once we get through Friday, then we can start navigating Saturday and Sunday. And don't forget, of course, tomorrow, Tuesday tomorrow. against Tennessee Tech. Right, That guy's been pretty good. Yes. <laughs> yes, they have. A thought or two on Tech. We'll see yeah. tomorrow. Those guys that swing the bats. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, 6'4", 235, 6'4", <laughs> I mean, it's a 22-, 23-year-old college game now. Uh, we in Florida might be the only age-appropriate team. You know, we, we just don't have 22-year-old kids. But I think that COVID year, uh, and I'm, I'm, you, you're asking me about Tennessee Tech, but that's, that's kind of what you got. You get sure. some big, strong kids who can really hit. They beat Tennessee the other day in the all-woodbat game. Um, which uh, was was good for them. They played well, but they, hey, listen, they can pitch and they can play defense. Matt Braga, who went off to Rice and left Rice and now is back at Tennessee Tech. I, he's he's just a good coach and he does a a real good job with it with his team. But this team is like a Matt Braga team. They can hit and they're very strong. Coach Tim Corbin, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Coach Corbin, thank you so much for stopping by. Don't forget again, Tennessee Tech tomorrow. Uh, Coach, uh, Bark in the Park night. So I don't know. Bark in the Park? Bark yeah. in the Park night tomorrow. That's somehow that just slipped by me. Yeah, <laughs> it's Bark in the Park night. So uh, I think we, we all love the Whistler. I think at this point it has become uh, background noise. You'll have to let us know next week at what point the barking became background noise for you tomorrow. As long as it's positive barking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach Tim Corbin, we'll step aside, come back in a couple of seconds, come back with. Tyler Shoemaker of the baseball staff after this on the Commodore Hour. It's Ford Truck Month. Now's the time to get a great deal on the only trucks built Ford Tough. Work or play, get after it in a new Ford F-150 or Super Duty truck. Get behind the wheel of a new Ford Maverick pickup. And get after any adventure with deals on Ford Ranger. Take advantage of our best offers on the full Ford lineup of trucks. But you better get going. These deals won't last. Get to Ford Truck Month. Hey, Commodore fans, do you happen to love pizza, cinnamon rolls, and drinks with your friends and family? Well, come on down to Slimmin' Huskies, located downtown at 5th and Broadway. Come try our signature pizzas, such as our Nashville Hot Chicken Pizza, the Roni Roni Roni, and the Got 5 On It Cheese Pizza. We offer dine-in, online pickup, and delivery through Uber Eats. We look forward to seeing you enjoy pizza, art, and music. Preem, pizza rules everything around me. Our coverage of Vanderbilt Athletics rolls along after this word from your local station on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. When you set up a savings goal with U.S. Bank, it grows with you. There's no limit to what you can crochet. I, I mean, can do. doesn't have to be crocheting, but it totally could be. Like the headphones you're listening to this ad with, you could totally crochet those. There's no telling where your savings goal will take you. Maybe you'll save enough for yarn to crochet your house or the whole town. Oh, right. doesn't have to be crochet related. Set up savings goals on the U.S. Bank mobile app, even for the wildest of dreams. U.S. Bank. We'll get there together. Equal housing lender member FDIC. Vanderbilt Business offers world-class education on a personal scale. We have top-ranked programs for every stage of your career designed to help you accomplish your unique goals. We cultivate a competitive advantage by focusing on individual needs and fostering a collaborative environment where students, alumni, and recruiters interact on a personal level. We develop leaders who add value to every organization they're a part of. Whether you're just getting started in your career or working your way to the C-suite, let us help you take your next step. Visit VanderbiltBusiness.com slash anchor down today. Welcome back to Commodore Hour. Great to have you with us from the Holiday Inn, West End, Vanderbilt, and the Commodore Grill. Great to see everybody out here, and we appreciate, of course, Coach Tim Corbin joining us for a couple segments. Now we visit with Vanderbilt baseball assistant coach Tyler Shoemaker. First year on the staff, last three seasons at Campbell, made three NCAA regional appearances, and has worked at all three NCAA divisions in AIA, uh, the junior college level, too. Uh, welcome to the program. I appreciate you coming out and spending a few minutes with us tonight. No, I appreciate you having me. It's, uh, it's a great to be here. It's great to be at Vanderbilt, and excited to talk with you and Andrew tonight. How fun was this past weekend to see this team break through and win a couple against Florida? It's been great. Um, this last weekend, obviously, going into it, not really trying to find ourselves a little bit, you know, um, not playing the best baseball, coming up short. Um, but I think Coach Corbin did a great job, obviously, of challenging our guys and, uh, and making them understand that we're going to get into close ball games mm -hmm. and, and we need to find a way to win those. And then you see guys – um, step up the Bulgers, the Keegans, the Colwicks, the the leaders on the teams, the Joneses, um, really step up and, and have great weekends. But they were at the plate whenever we need them to, and and to see their energy and the connection come back, that's that's how it's supposed to feel. You know, sitting in the locker room Friday night after the game as a coaching staff, myself, Coach Baxter, and Coach Brown 
um, we just said that's how it's supposed to feel on Friday nights. You know, yeah. you have that energy. You you play a close game. It's a one-run game, and, and that's how it's supposed to feel. You talk about Jack Bulger. I mean, he, he just seems like he's in that groove right now, isn't he, where you want him up in those situations with the chance to deliver. You do, and, and Jack works his tail off, uh, whether it be in the cages, um, really understanding the game. I've, I've said this since I got here my first week. If, if Jack – Jack's going to have a professional baseball career, but whenever that career's over – He's going to make a great coach someday. I'll, he'll, he'll be on my staff if I'm ever a head coach and he wants <laughs> to get on it because that's the baseball mind that he has. Um, he takes that behind the plate with him catching-wise, and he takes that to the, to the plate as well and understanding pitchers and pitch type and where he can really get his best swing off. Yeah, coach Corbin's talked about this too. Is he one of those guys where playing in the field can help him when he's at the plate as well? And I think that's why you saw him catch two games this weekend. Yeah. I think um, his ability to be able to, if he's not having a great day at the plate, go behind the plate and, and catch and stay in the groove of the game it takes a really special and mature hitter to be a dh because you do if you don't get on now you go in the dugout and you sit you stew on it mm -hmm. then being able to separate those moments is tough and jack being able to go out there and catch and perform behind the plate and get in the box you actually see um, better ab's across the board whenever he's catching you know, it's kind of interesting to me about that moment back on Friday. And I'm not saying Florida made any missteps with their coaching decisions. There are other points during this season that you would not necessarily have Jack Bulger be your first choice in that particular situation. And I say that with respect, but they walked Spencer Jones to get to Jack Bulger who is as hot as anybody on this particular team at the moment. They kind of put it right on the plate for him to have one of those moments in the groove that he's been having, and I'm so thrilled for him that he came through considering the, the bulk of the season that at times had been challenging for him. Right, and I think, uh, I think that's the work that Jack's put in coming to fruition right there, and it's going to keep coming to, to our light as we go on because my, as a coach, you see it every day. Um, but being able to, to see him be able to do it in the moment and in the, in, at the time is huge. And uh, it's funny, Spencer got to first base after he got intentionally walked or he got put on, um, and he said, hey, Jack's going to get it done right here. And, and that's the confidence that our guys have in him. Mm -hmm. Even though he did, he was scuffling a little bit early, um, got out of, you know, the, the batting average dropped a little bit. He was chasing some hits. He was mishitting some balls, misfiring. Um, our guys still had ultimate confidence in him, and I think that's the connectivity you see amongst the team. Talking with Tyler Shoemaker, one of our assistant coaches here at Vanderbilt, I want to back up for a second because you are the quote-unquote new guy on the staff, although at this point I'm sure you don't feel that way because you've been here for a while. Uh, but just educate our fan base, your responsibilities – are what what falls under your umbrella so on a day-to-day -day basis i get to work with the catchers um you know going through the defensive side of that and, and i'm with them majority of the time if they're catching bullpens or individual work that kind of stuff and then i help coach mike baxter with the hitting and, and on the offensive side and then that strategy and the base running piece and then um you know just ins and outs throughout the day of what coach corbin needs or what staff members need on the recruiting side maybe it might be compiling schedules that kind of stuff but on the field my main responsibility would be catching and then i, I coach first base as well where'd you come from what's your backstory how'd you get i was here? <laughs> i was at uh, i played at division two school kentucky westland in owensboro kentucky uh, went on to to coach there for a year i was i had to finish up my degree so i was a student assistant for a semester and then um, got hired full-time actually the next semester as an assistant left. So I'm um, very fortunate that, that Coach Todd Lilpop, who was my coach, um, hired me on and then went on to, to Campbell after coaching in the summer in North Carolina in the Coastal Plain League, a collegiate summer league down there. Um, I actually just called Campbell and, and asked them if they had any job openings, and luckily enough, they did. Um, we were about to run out of pitching in the, in, the, in the summer, so I had to jump on it. And then um, coached at Campbell for four years, held a lot of different roles there. I was director of ops. I was a volunteer assistant. I was recruiting coordinator for the last two years. And then this summer, uh, when, when Macias took the East Carolina job, this, this, my name got thrown into this job. And um, I was fortunate enough that Coach Corbin called me. And, and once we talked and, and got on the same page, I, I was here five days later. One quick thing first. I want to make sure people understand. Uh, Campbell baseball is good baseball. You guys went to the NCAA tournament a season ago, uh, nearly beat Mississippi State. Now, it would have required back-to-back -back victories against Mississippi State for you guys to advance, but it was a 6-5 to five game, 
very, very close. And it was Landon Sims that was able to shut the door. And, of course, he did that to everybody. <laughs> yeah, it could have helped us out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then the second thing is you guys saw Sonny Deshara from Auburn. He did hit a couple of home runs against you. He was playing for Samford at the moment. So you guys have gone up against great people at Campbell and done very, very well. So that's the context of coming from Campbell. It's not coming from Campbell. It's right. coming from Campbell. Uh, the second thing is, and I'm always fascinated by this, uh, you come into this program. It has a mystique within college baseball, right? I've been to a few other programs. You've been to a couple of other different programs as well. You hear things, uh, you see things about it externally, but then you get inside. What did you notice right away about why this program ticks the way that it does? The consistency throughout the coaching staff, and you see that um, with, with Coach Brown being here a while, Coach Bax being in this program for 20 years at some capacity, um, and then the consistency amongst the players. And, and what goes along with that is the treatment of each other. Um, there's not an ego in this program. It doesn't matter if it comes from Coach Corbin, Coach Brown, or anybody, um, even down to the players. You know, there's, there's just not egos within the program. And um, being the same person every single day and caring about each other in that capacity every single day is what really, really makes a difference inside those walls. Yeah, I, I, when I was reading about you and I uh, saw you've been in Owensboro and you've been in Bowie's Creek, it's like, I, I can relate to this guy. I've been <laughs> those places too. How, how did coming from a smaller program, though, give you a different perspective of working at an SEC power? I think the biggest thing is is whenever head coaches at, at this level, Coach Corbin or, or whoever it might be, they really like guys that um, have kind of been, quote, unquote, self-made. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that, that I'm self-made or gloating at all, but it, when you're at a lower level, uh, mid-major, Division two, whatever it might be, you wear a bunch of different hats and being able to manage your time and wear different hats as in I was an ops guy. I was a volunteer. I was doing the meals. I was doing yeah. that kind of stuff. You, you wear a different, a bunch of different things at once. And then when you get to a place like this, you still are willing to help out with those things, but now you kind of have other people in those roles. So I think um, that's what is, is intriguing to a guy like coach Corbin about myself or whoever it might be is he's, he's done this. He's had to yeah. work um, a little bit harder than maybe somebody else who comes from another power five. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you too. Is like, he, he can relate to that candy because I mean, he's, there's the stories of him doing the field at exactly. Presbyterian and exactly. all those things, you know, exactly. And it's funny, you know, Presbyterian, this was a topic of conversation whenever he called me, um, Presbyterian was who actually beat Campbell in the conference tournament last year. And so then they come to the Nashville Regional, and we at Campbell get an at-large bid. So it, it, we, would, we were talking baseball the whole time, and I forgot that I was even on an interview when I was here because it was so much connection that way. What's the best post-game meal in Bowie's Creek? Whew, um, you know, <laughs> there's not a ton of things okay. to do there. Um, okay. okay. We'll, we'll go back to okay. Sports Zone. Yeah. Sports okay. Zone is a is a sports bar there. It's it's um it, it was our go-to. You got to go, what is it? Fuquay Verena is that the other thing? Yeah. Yeah, Fuquay Verena, Verena. They'll get mad down there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, no. We're, we're going in depth on Campbell. We'll step aside and come back in a couple of seconds visiting with assistant coach Tyler Shoemaker of the Fandy Boys back after this on the Commodore Hour. The SEC taught us that anything is possible, that just when you think you've seen it all, you won't believe what happens next. That comebacks are not the makings of miracles, but are born out of preparation, perspiration, and perseverance. As the official bank of the SEC, at Regions, we take these lessons to heart and strive to bring our best every single day. What has the SEC taught you? Join the conversation with hashtag SEC Lessons. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Gupton Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram not only sells great vehicles, they service them as well. Even if you didn't buy your vehicle at Gupton, you'll love their service department. Factory trained specialists at Gupton offer competitive pricing on oil changes, batteries, brake services, new tires, tire rotation, and more. They do a multi-point inspection to make sure your vehicle is running smooth. This is Brent from 3HL. Do what I do. Have your vehicle serviced at Gupton. 3450 Tom Austin Highway, just 30 minutes from downtown Nashville. Be sure to say Brent sent you. Commodore Hour continues in 60 seconds right here on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome to another episode of Show Me the Cash, brought to you by Show Me Multiplier Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Hey, let's take a look at those exciting tickets, Gary. Sure, Roger. With each multiplier win, players boost their cash 10, 20, 50, and even 100 times. 
That's right, and if you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours with our Scratch My Back bonus round. Show Me Multiplier Instant Games are waiting at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer. So head on in. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Sports fans now have access to hundreds of weekly podcasts that zero in on the college sports world. Now available in the Varsity Podcast Network and part of the new Varsity app. The app is free and available from wherever you get your favorite apps. Download the Varsity app today to have access to hundreds of national podcasts as well as your favorite team-focused podcasts. The Varsity Podcast Network, now available for free on the Varsity app. Download from the App Store and listen today. Welcome back to Commodore Hour, live from the Commodore Grill inside the Holiday Inn West End here in Nashville. We are thrilled to be joined by Tyler Shoemaker, Vanderbilt baseball assistant coach after the Commodores took two out of three against Florida over the weekend. I want to ask you a couple things about, about coaching first base. How much communication goes on in the course of a game, especially with runners on base, with you and Coach Corbin over at third? Yeah, a lot of it happens in the dugout prior to games and what I see in the scouting report and, and what we can do, I think, over there in the run game and the offensive strategy. Um, but then once guys get on, obviously I'm looking to see what signs he gives. And, and there's some interaction back and forth about if I feel like we could give the green light, potential green light, if I see something over there from a guy in the stretch or um, what it might be. But we have some signals back and forth and then – if you ever see him over there and he puts his hands up just to slow down, he's telling me, like, hey, I got it. Don't you worry. Like, I'll take care of it over here. But, um, no, we have a lot of conversations. And, and again, he he's a very trusting in his assistant coaches. That's what makes him really good. Um, and he puts a lot of trust in me and over there of being able to give guys green lights and, and tell them what, what I see and that kind of stuff. Do you have to tell players, look, I'm not holding all your elbow pads and all that stuff? Uh, I, I tell you what, like after big innings, I walk in like I'm just armored up. I don't think, <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's crazy. Everybody has a wrist guard, a leg guard. It, but, but again, you know, it's, it's fine. That's, that's part of it. That means we had a big inning when, sure. I'm, when I'm armored up. You were talking about coaching the catchers. Of course, this year you had the addition of the electronic wristbands and those sorts of things. Uh, what's that been like for you? And do you still have to, to work with guys on knowing how to give signs just in case something goes wrong there with the technology? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. We want them to know how to do it. Um, but it also takes a less time to be able just to just to quick teach, just reminders, and then back to it. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the, the biggest thing with the electronical signals that kind of goes by the wayside is we have catchers back there that hadn't caught a whole lot before. And so when they're trying to learn a sign system, that takes away from the actual strategy of teaching them catching methods. So, um, and we only get so much time with them. So whenever we had those electronic wristbands come into play, it was like, okay, we don't have to worry about teaching them um, a sign system. They can literally be free and easy and learn how to catch and not worry about somebody stealing your signs. So that, that was a big benefit of having those. Was it a little bit of starting over with, with Bulger and, and with, um, with Dom behind the plate? I mean, they came in as catchers, but they really hadn't played that position at, at this level very much. Absolutely. I, I think that's one of the main reasons that Coach Corbin hired me in a way is, is being able to come in and work with those guys and connect with them on a daily basis um, from a guy that had been back there and done it before. Um, but also just getting buy-in from, from a guy like Dom has been huge because um, he's the senior, he's the leader, he's a four-year guy in this program. And, and his ability to buy into what I was teaching him behind the plate allowed guys like Jack Bolger, Alan Espinall, Sam Hunt to really say, all right, I'm going to follow this lead. This, if Dom's doing it, mm-hmm. it must be okay. Sure. He's seen it done here before like this. So um, getting getting those guys to buy in from top to bottom was, was what kind of helped me um, fit into those crowds and them to really earn, earn their trust. And it's worth cycling back to that too because, quite frankly, a big part of Dom coming back to Vanderbilt this year was to help his draft stock. Yes, he had unfinished business last year against Mississippi State, but he wanted to help his draft stock, and part of that was getting better as a catcher, and that's where you come in and he gets the buy-in. I'm sure that's incredibly welcomed by you, but your perspective on how Dom has been able to grow and help himself uh, in the eyes of, I suppose, the scouts, but being able to help Vanderbilt as well, the growth that he's seen just throughout the course of this season alone behind the plate. Just the steadiness, I think, is is what really makes him good. Is is guys trust him back there? Um, they trust that he's going to be able to get the job done. He's he's really really honed in on the receiving style. Uh, we were able to pull up some videos from when he caught uh, last summer in the Cape, and then last last spring whenever he got a few innings back there, 
and really dissect it video-wise and go into what we were trying to do now. And if you take those side by side, they're not even close anymore. And that's his buy-in. That's his want to. You know, that's a big part of catching is is you have to want to be good back there because it's not not everybody's growing up saying, hey, I want to be a catcher. You know, yeah. you take a lot of shots and different things back there. Um, but just his steadiness and, and his willingness to learn and grow is, has been huge. And for what it's worth, teams have challenged up throughout the course of the season. There's no doubt. You can go up and down the statistics. Teams have tried to throw against Dom because they understand the situation. And the uh, caught stealing that he had on Sunday was a fantastic throw. It was perfect. Tate Colwick had a wonderful tag. It frankly wasn't even a tag. He just caught it and let the guys slide into him. Uh, but that's got to be part of the growth for Dom as well. He put that one spot on. And the number of guys that he's been able to throw out this season alone, I think puts him top three, four, five in the conference in terms of caught stealing. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's it was something that I challenged all the catchers on. If you came to an early spring practice, we didn't throw anybody out. And, and I, that puts me in a tough situation because I do the base running and the catcher. So I don't know <laughs> who to cheer on. But, um, you know, I, I challenged them and I said, we got to be able to throw people out. You know, that the receiving aspect is huge. The blocking aspect is huge. But we have to be able to throw guys out. And, and a lot of credit of that goes to, to their buy-in with that. But also, um, you look at our guys on the mound, they're, they're holding the run game well. You know, a lot of times pit, a lot of guys, a lot of times runners still on, on pitchers and not catchers. And I know that's kind of contrary to some belief, but um, those guys on the mound are varying their times. They're, they're quick to the plate. So they give guys like Dom and Bulge and Espy a chance to get it down there. And um, to take Holwick's tags at second base are incredible. Because um, Dom's, Dom's been accurate, and it may, but it might long hop, it might short hop. But um, Tate's ability to tag, whether it be at South Carolina a couple weeks ago and then this weekend is, has been incredible. I know I'm gushing about Dom, uh, Dom Keegan, but I love those stories where guys bet on themselves, right? A 19th round draft pick. He believes he's better than that from a season ago with the New York Yankees. He comes back and he has undoubtedly helped first off Vanderbilt and second his draft stock. And of course, uh, folks know his backstory uh, with the blood clot situation. He went through a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. He has been through a lot to continue to bet on himself. And that's just it's been a fun story and, to watch over sure the past has. couple think, of years. You know, I think something that goes without being said is, is his ability to still hit when he's behind the plate. That's that was a, a I don't want to say a fear, but a concern that that maybe some people had is, hey, can Dom still hit and catch two or three games a week? Because that takes a toll on your body, and his ability to still do that tells you the type of kid he is and how much work he's put in on the on the front half. How much freedom do you give the catchers as far as the mechanics of how they set up? You know, whether they kick a leg out or mm -hmm. you know, I know it varies with, with runners on base. But what what are what are some of the uh, parameters that you give the guys? Yeah, so I, I with nobody on base, I like them to be with the knee down, and, and however it takes them to get in that position is comfortability with with no runners on base. You know, mm -hmm. we don't want to give away locations, we don't want to give away pitch types, so it has to be the same each time. Um, but there's a lot of variance in, in what their body allows them to do and, and there's flexibility and mobility and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then when runners are on base, you kind of see two, two or three different methods, whether it be Dom back there or Bolger. Mm -hmm. You see Bolger on a knee at all times, and that's his comfortability because he feels like he can block and throw out of that stance because um, it does shorten him up to second base and different things. It helps him throw. Um, but Dom's a little bit opposite. He likes to kind of start on two feet and fall down to a knee um, whether a runner's going or not. And, and I think the flexibility that I give those guys also instills in them trust in me because sure. we can build – on what they do well and what their body allows them to do, I can change my coaching method away to, to help them get better back there. And I think um, that's what you see with those two. Real quick before I let you go, uh, how can the wins against Florida over the weekend kind of push this team forward now in SEC play? I think they just have believability again. You know, when, when you lose a couple series in a row and you're not playing great, um, the, the, you get down. You start question. You, you don't question your ability but you, and you don't question the decisions, but you're also just like, man, we got to get back on the winning side. There's a different feel to winning. Yeah. And, and winning is hard. And whenever um, you win close games like we did this weekend, now the believability, the confidence level goes up, and you get production out of, out of different guys, and you really see the connection to team, um, I think it's going to propel those guys a little, bit, a little bit forward. Tyler Shoemaker, thank you so much for stopping by. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Again, that's Tyler Shoemaker, assistant coach for the Vandy Boys, works quite closely with the catching. Uh, Jack Bolger, Alan Espinal, Sam Hunt, and Dom Keegan for Vanderbilt Baseball. We'll step aside, come back in a couple of seconds, and we'll wrap things up. Andrew Aliquetta here alongside Kevin Ingram back in just a second to the Commodore Grill after this across the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. 
What makes Diskin Cider the best cider in the South? Well, for starters, Diskin is Nashville's first and only craft cidery. It's branched to can fresh cider, meaning it's fresh pressed with no added sugars, nothing artificial, handcrafted with only real ingredients, and it's gluten-free. Diskin is now served at Vanderbilt football, basketball, and baseball games. So enjoy the refreshing taste of Diskin Cider the next time you're at the game. Diskin Cider is a proud sponsor of Vanderbilt Athletics. Cheers to a dangerously good time. Middle Tennessee, you can count on an award-winning service team for all your home maintenance and improvement needs. Lee Company, A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, recognized by Angie's List as a super service provider since 2008, is ready to assist with all your home maintenance needs. Heating and air conditioning, plumbing, electrical, home improvements, and more. Experience the convenience of calling one phone number for all your home maintenance and improvement needs. Call Lee Company today at 615-567-1000, 615-567-1000, or visit Lee Company. Our coverage of Vanderbilt Athletics rolls along after this word from your local station on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. Martin and Zerfoss believes that insurance is the foundation upon which businesses and families build their futures. For over 40 years, Martin and Zerfoss has worked with companies and individuals to build comprehensive coverage packages. Home, auto, life, health, disability, long-term care, all types of commercial, builder's risk, worker's comp, you name it. Whatever type of insurance you need, call Martin and Zerfoss online at martinzerfoss.com. If SEC football runs deep in your veins, then Sirius XM SEC Radio is where you need to be. We're talking conference and team previews, live games, news, and analysis from experts like Chris Doring, Jacob Hester, Max Starks, and Aaron Murray. Coaches shows, championship specials, and more. Get inside SEC football like nowhere else. Feed your fandom on the Sirius XM app. Stay up to date anywhere you go. Just download the app to start streaming. Welcome back to Commodore Hour as we come close to wrapping things up from the Holiday Inn West End inside the Commodore Grill. Always appreciate their hospitality. Kevin Ingram and Andrew Allegretta. Thanks to our coaches, of course, uh, Tyler Shoemaker, the last couple segments. Tim Corbin, if you weren't with us, uh, was with us for the uh, first half hour. For Vanderbilt, won two out of three against the Florida Gators. It was a fun weekend on campus, wasn't it, with the baseball and the two wins and a chance really to third yesterday. And, and also the spring football game ended up a 32-all tie. Uh, we, we had a uh, up-close look at, at Clark Lee's team as they take that next step toward this 2022 season. Uh, first off, it was fun to broadcast that, by the way. We tried to do something a little bit different. We broadcasted down on the field, which gave us a couple of different things. First off, a new perspective and a new appreciation of the speed of the game, even if it's just a spring game, uh, but also the fact that we could talk with Barton Simmons. We could talk with former players, and you were down there to talk with a handful of uh, current players as well. So we're going to slice up some of those interviews that we did and repurpose them as podcast interviews on the Anchor podcast coming up in the next couple of days. So, again, uh, Oren Burke stopped by. So if you want to hear from er uh, Oren Burke, we'll have that conversation on the Anchor podcast coming up soon. So that was great. And, of course, uh, grabbing two victories against the Gators. Boy, I thought Jack Bolger's two-run shot in the ninth was going to propel them to a victory and a sweep. That would have been fun. But kudos to the Gators for bouncing back. All in all, great weekend on campus, and I know so many people have worked incredibly hard, and I keep saying this. I hope fans will check it out at some point if they haven't yet. Uh, Vandyville, whether it's been football, basketball, or baseball, it's SEC Saturdays for baseball. Two of them left A&M and LSU. It's in the McGugan Center parking lot stuff for the kids, which is just great as a father myself. Uh, food, drink, music, it, it's, it's a really special uh, – afternoon for folks to come on out and check it out folks have worked really hard putting that together you know where the craziest place might have been over the weekend on this campus the the surplus sale it was like the day after thanksgiving in there uh and 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 i hope everybody who uh, got a chance to go out and and be part of that uh, was able to come away with some gear i I stepped in there for a minute i looked around i was like man this is crazy you know uh, it's it's really neat you know everything from sweatshirts to shoes to uniforms uh, everybody got a lot a lot of uh, fans got a chance to to take home some gear i know someone walked away with a red vanderbilt sweatshirt and i said what (laughs) where did you get a red vanderbilt sweatshirt it was a former offensive coordinator's sweatshirt (laughs) because they just (laughs) were getting rid of it uh we should mention too go to 
VueCommodores.com. New plans released today for the Basketball Operations Center. I uh, had a chance to visit with Candace Lee and, and Al Harris, who's the uh, the project manager for that. It's really cool to take a look at the plan. So take a look at that. Congratulations to bowling as well, third in the NCAA championships over the weekend. Andrew, we'll do it again next week. Baseball tomorrow night, Vanderbilt and Tennessee Tech. Andrew will have the call on radio. I'll be on TV on SEC Network Plus. Thanks to Gus Wettekamp in our studios. We'll talk to you next time on Commodore Hour on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield.